Hello there, my fellow Schmodown fanatics. It is that time of the week again. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to talk about the week in the Movie Trivia Schmodown. I am so excited. We had some great, great matches this week. We had a fantastic tag match between Crimson Fury and Late to the Party. Crimson Fury... Uh, you know, if you're not familiar, that is uh, Stacy Howard and her new mystery partner, who we'll get into later, and of course the singles match between Mark Riley and Jeff Snyder. It was a nail biter. It was a great match. So let's get into it because it is that time. So let's get ready to talk schmodown. Alright everybody, welcome back to ep- to another episode. This is episode 18 for those of you keeping track. Uh, I am so excited to be back again. 18 episodes. Man, I- I- I'm so thrilled that I've been able to do this. To you know, get on here and just talk to you guys about my thoughts in the movie trivia showdown. It's been uh, fantastic to do that. Uh, and-, and a great way for you guys to get on and uh, and talk with me about uh, all my thoughts, or about your thoughts, is hit me up on social media. You can uh, follow me on Facebook and on YouTube at Merc with a Movie Blog, and on Instagram and Twitter, which I'm pretty active on uh, recently on Twitter, at Movie Blog Merc. That's Movie M O V I E B L O G M E R C. Movie Blog Merc. So be sure to head over there. Uh, follow me. Tweet at me, use the hashtag TalkinSchmodown, so it's talking with no G, T-A-L-K-I-N, Schmodown, Talkin' Schmodown. Use that hashtag, uh, I will uh, I, I will converse with anybody if you got questions, if you want to debate, if you know, if you, anything, you just hit me up, I am more than happy to talk. Uh, so, hey, with all that, let's get into it. I'm going to start off with the news from uh, last week. Uh, let's see, we have a new player profile that uh, posted up. Uh, it's got Mike Kalinowski uh, being spotlighted, so uh, check that out. I love these player profiles. It's a really cool way to get to know the, the, the players in the Schmodown a little bit better, so definitely check that out if you're a patron. Um, the MCU exhibition match is now available for all patrons. So, you know, even if you're at that just at that $1 tier, you can uh, w- finally watch this amazing five-way MCU exhibition match. Definitely check that out. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, Tickets for the next New York live show will be going on sale uh, this weekend on the 18th, the night of the uh, Houston show. So be sure you're ready for that for whenever uh, Christian decides to uh, open up uh, the tickets. I don't know what time uh, he'll be starting the sale. So be aware of that. Uh, last time the New York, uh, the, the last New York live event, they were sold out in like two days. So if you want to go to it, be sure you get your tickets quick. 
and also, Booker T recently did an episode uh, of his Hall of Fame podcast where he talked all about why he got involved in the Schmodown. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Christian, I think, put a link on his Twitter page uh, to, to that podcast, so make sure you check that out. Last week, uh, inside Schmodown, we saw the return of Roxy Stryer. She was just on like a month or so ago. Uh, and Ken even makes the comment that this is the quickest, uh, essentially like the quickest return for uh, any any of the guests that he's had on there. So, And I thought it was weird. When I first saw it on the schedule, I thought it was like a, like a typo. I thought it was a mistake. I was like, we literally just had Roxy on. What's going on here? But this is a very different interview. You know, a lot of stuff happened. Um, the last one, the last time she was on, it happened before uh, all the events of, in, in, at Chicago. So, you know, there was a lot to kind of talk about, a lot to answer for. And she did just that. This was a, a decent length one. It was like 17 minutes. So it was a good episode, good good episode. Um, so she went on. She talked about uh, her actions at the Chicago show, the, uh, the slap heard around the world. Uh, she talked a bit about how she's not sorry for anything that happened. You know, she, she did what she did, and if, if she could go back and do it again, she'd do it all the same. Maybe even maybe slap Ben a little bit harder. But, uh, yeah, she, she, she's not sorry in the slightest for anything that went down uh, at the Chicago show. Um, I got to say, I love how they've, they're pulling, like, real life into this storyline with her and Ben. Uh, you know, I've been following... You know, Collider and the Schmoes and that for for quite a while, and like uh, hearing Roxy talk about her relationship on Collider Live a lot. You know, I when it started, they were together still. So like, I, I, you know, I kind of almost like through Collider Live witnessed, you know, the them together and then the fallout, you know, and the breakup and everything, and have kind of seen that progression there, and have heard her talk about, you know how she would help him to study and all this other stuff so and, and get ready for the schmodown. So it's it's really cool to see them kind of bring that real-life stuff in uh, to, to this storyline. It's something that, you know, you, you see often in professional wrestling. So it's something that I, I, I'm accustomed to. And uh, I dig that uh, he's going this route with it. And obviously the the two of them, they're fine with it. They, they, they like what's happening there, so... Uh, yeah, keep it going. I, I, I'm digging it. Uh, they, she talked a bit about her beef with Jen Sturger after the Chicago interview uh, when she busted into the room and was like, what's that? What, what was that? You know, And Roxy did not like that. You know, She, she didn't think that was professional. And uh, so she talked a bit about that. She talks about Tom Dagnino. Uh, she talks a bit about Mark Riley, the other two members of Who's the Boss with uh, Ben Bateman there. Um, and I gotta say, she's actually really good at keeping the kayfabe here, you know, to, to kind of break it down a little bit. Um, she, she's fantastic at it. She, she, she knows her line. She, I've seen, cause I know that she is an actress as well, but I have seen some instances, uh, of her acting on this, in this programming, uh, like in cut certain cut scenes, I've seen it where it's just not that good, uh, and I don't know if it's just she was having an off day on those days or whatever. But you know, some days she's good, really good, some days not as much. On this episode of Talking Schmodown, or on this episode of uh, Inside Schmodown, she was she she did great. 
it was um, it was fantastic. I think this storyline has really helped to elevate her and gave her it has given her a push that I it's similar to me in the vein of the whole um Mike Kalinowski when he when he turned heel all that stuff how it really helped to elevate his character and gave him something solid to do gave him a performance to really latch onto this is uh this, so this the slap and all this stuff this is Roxy's corruption you know what i mean this is what corruption has done for mike this will i feel like will be doing for Roxy and hopefully it can sustain uh and and kind of drive toward her being one of the best if not the best manager in the league we you know we'll see as time goes on but uh i think she's got it in her so i i'm excited to see where it takes her uh they talk about the suspension uh and the stipulation for the uh riley snyder match uh they mention uh josh mccuga's suspension and i gotta say that i still don't think that these match up i don't like i understand that there are reasonings for it uh like Roxy's was lighter because Christian didn't necessarily want to force her like out of both of these matches. If he had said right off the bat two months suspension, she's missing both the Snyder, the Snyder Mark uh, Riley match and the the tag team match with the Shire Wolves. So doing the one month and then giving her an opportunity uh with this with this upcoming match here uh to still be able to go to that tag match i think that was better um but like having makuga two months right off the bat for he didn't assault a, a, a player yeah he messed around with the belt but that's nowhere near as egregious you know when it comes to punishment wise as assaulting somebody so they just don't really line up, but I get it. You know, Makuga, he's writing, he's in the middle of writing a screenplay, uh, so he probably just needed time off, um, and that was probably why they did the whole thing with uh, Paul Oyama, to be honest with you, because Makuga probably even figured he wasn't going to win, so he ends up, you know, he loses that match and ends up with another two-month suspension, an extra two months, so he's got like four months away from the Schmodown where, you know, he ain't got to worry about it. Granted, he probably wouldn't have played much, if at all, during that time frame anyways but it gives him a reason to just you know him and the wildberries to kind of just be out um and and so it gives him time to do that to work on a screenplay and not have to worry about it at all so i don't know like i said i I understand they're different there's reasonings for the lengths of time but they just don't match up and there's really not a lot you could do about that it's just something you know it's just something that i think about when when it comes up so uh, then they also go on to talk about Andrew Guy, you know, the former member of Team Action with Ben Bateman, his his brother in arms, now bitter rival. Uh, so Ken says that he thinks Guy flirts with Roxy a lot, and that he's kind of been like wanting her this whole time. Uh, apparently, according to Roxy, Guy did have a crush on her at one time. So. Maybe they'll do like a uh, like a storyline couple type of thing forming. That could be interesting. Um, I don't think they've ever done that because I mean, really, the the couples that you've seen, 
have been real couples. Even um, like I'm not sure if it started this. I know that like Ken and Grace are together. They've been together. I was listening to one of the other podcasts, and Ken said that they've been together for like three years. I don't remember when um, him and her were like kind of doing that little thing in the Lions Den, but. Uh, so it may have been before they got together, or they may have already been together at that time. So, you know, if they were already together at that time, then you know it's 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 not the same as what I'm suggesting. But um, so it could be interesting to see if they if they kind of go that route with this, where uh, you know you have Ben Bateman and then his former girlfriend, his former best friend, kind of get together, and then there's things there. It's very reminiscent of the. Uh, Matt Hardy, Lita, and Edge storyline from uh, WWE, and so I wonder if that's kind of where Christian is uh, taking this uh, whole kind of situation from. He's getting inspiration from that, and that was a fantastic. They, that was real life brought into the storyline, and it got heated and stuff. And so it was really interesting to to watch. It was really like you you felt it you felt the emotion the power behind it all and so i'm curious if if that's the route he's going and if so i dig it i i i i dig it um and so she she wanted to remind everybody hashtag she is a hashtag guy girl and i think that's uh pretty pretty damn funny all right so we're gonna hop into match number one it is crimson fury which like i said before stacy howard and a mystery partner Versus late to the party, Robert and Vanessa. It's good to see them back. You know, I, I love watching their videos. They they have some great uh, reaction stuff going on. Uh, not just with the Schmodown. They do like trailer reactions and, and reviews and stuff too. So uh, if you haven't checked out their channel, go uh, check out late to the party. So who is this mystery partner? We've been waiting forever. You know, uh, there was a long time where I was, I was certain it was going to be Eric Zipper. Uh, and then obviously a lot of other people thought that, and so they put the kibosh to that uh, when they revealed that uh, that Grace had promised Zipper that he was going to become the leader and they were going to get rid of Mike Kalinowski, but it was really just all a joke, and uh, he got upset about that, and so and now it looks like he's going to team up with Paulo Yama so, and Kaiser and all this weird stuff, so that's all the way over there. Now we get to finally find out who her partner is. But before that, we get an opening scene. Emma's in her office. Sam Levine comes in. Sam goes on to say that he, he wants to get something going for Chance Ellison. You know, he's he's ranked number 19. And, and Sam wants him to play the number 18 ranked competitor. And it just so happens that that competitor is Emma Fife, the tag and inner geekdom commissioner herself, Miss Emma Fife. Apparently, she never officially retired, so she's still you know, on the books as a competitor. And Sam wants her to play Chance Ellison, and she agrees. You know, so it, it'll be interesting to to see. It's been a while. Especially to it's been a while to see her, you know, since she's done something outside of inner geekdom. Uh, so I'm interested to see, and I have to say, chance if you don't win this, your career is going downhill, sir. Now, don't count. I'm not counting 
Emma out. You know, this isn't uh, like a Josh McCuga kind of instance where, you know, you know, you don't know what he's going to be. He could be hit or miss, really. But Chance has this weight on his shoulders. You know, this this wunderkind from the fan leagues, just like Paul Oyama. He's got, you know, they both have big chips on their shoulders, and the fact that he's he's fighting Emma, he's fighting the commissioner of the inner geekdom and the team leagues, you know, he's got far more to lose, I think, um, than Emma does. It's not like, you know, I mean, like I said, Emma hasn't played in a bit, and she's the commissioner of two different leagues, So she, and neither of those leagues are the singles league. So I just don't, you know, she has nothing to lose here, really. He has everything to lose, and uh, so I... I'm really interested to see how that one plays out. And hop on social media. Hashtag Talking Schmodown. And tell me, who do you have for that match? And with all that, let's get into things. It's real nice to see Late to the Party back in action, like I was saying. I, I love their stuff, and it has been a while since they have uh, been in the Schmodown. So it's good to see them back. Uh, out first, we get Late to the Party, and they do this really cool Wayne's World entrance. They're all dressed up. It's... They're playing the characters. It's really, it's really fun to see. Uh, then out comes uh, Stacy with uh, she's out comes out with Ken, Grace, and Chance. But who is her partner? She doesn't come out with a partner, you know. So they sit down. Then all of a sudden, William the Beast Bibiani's music goes off, and I'm like, "What the Beast with Stacy? He left Whitney Seibold. What is going on here?" And out comes a masked man. He's big, okay? But he's not quite as big as, as William Bibiani. And I'm just like, that's not that's not the beast. There's no way that's that's the beast. And I'm wait I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And he pulls off the mask, and it's none other than former member of Late to the Party, Tim Franco. That's right. He turned on his on his former partners, and has joined Corruption. This is a guy who we have not seen since Season 4. I believe his last match was uh, against Matt Atchity, I think. Um, which I believe he won that match, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it has been a long time since we've seen this guy. He didn't compete at all in Season 5. And now he's back. Season 6 joins Corruption, and he's facing off against his former teammates. And it makes total sense as to why Grace would pick late to the party as their first team match there. So this, I think this was a perfect, a perfect team-up. Uh, I, I was really unsure about it before. Um, and, and as I kind of molded over in my mind, I'm like, you know what? This is perfect. This, this works great. It was a, it was a fantastic way to go about doing it. It's not who I would have necessarily picked. I never would have even thought that it would, that Tim Franco. Because like I said, we haven't seen him. Almost two years, probably. But there he was. And uh, yeah. So let's get in the match and see how Tim Franco did. So we get into round one. It's really, really back and forth. It's so tight. So tight that it ends with a tie. 11-11 to 11 at the end of the round. 
You had Stacy and Robert with each with six points. You had Tim and Vanessa each with five points. So they kept it real even. Uh, a, a nicely weighted game where where no one was just just burying the other one. So, and I like that. I, I really, I really, I dig those kinds of games where they're real close, uh, and, and it doesn't start off with like a four or five point deficit. Uh, late to the party, they they catch up from a deficit to you know, and they end that round one because they started off. Uh, I think their third question they dropped behind by like two points. You know, and so they struggled for the remainder of the round to catch up. And it wasn't until the final question that they finally were able to uh, catch up and and, uh, and get that tie uh, for 11-11. So. And then we hop into round two. And I look at the wheel and there's a slice on there that I love to see. And I know you may be thinking, what, Kevin Smith movies? Because I say that, you know, anytime I've seen it on there, I always comment on it. Comment on it. Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Video game movies. And the reason that I was so excited to see that this slice on there is for the longest time, I, was ca- I have been campaigning to get video game uh, movies as a slice on the wheel uh, I spent a lot of time campaigning for that. Anytime that question was asked, that was always my number one answer. And some people thought it was crazy. Some people were like, well, "That's not fair. You shouldn't have to. You know, the competitors shouldn't be made to watch all these shitty movies." Hey, there are a lot of shitty movies in every category, pretty much. So, are you saying that they should never ask questions from those movies? First off, that's subjective. The fact that they're shitty movies. Second off, that's just limiting the playing field. If you want to be a master at movie trivia, you need to know not just the good movies. You also need to know the bad ones. So, I'm, I love that video game movies has made its mark. It's really getting in there. I've seen it a couple of times this season. Uh, so, I, I, I love it. I'm so excited that it's getting more play. So, Crimson Fury is up first for the spin, and they uh, land on family films and re-spin. Good for them. They end up on Spinner's Choice and choose James Bond movies. I would not have thought this, uh, um, because I don't really know much about Tim Franco uh, and what his strengths and stuff like that were. Uh, I was really just going off of what I know about Stacey Howard, and I just, you know... She, she never screamed James Bond nut to me, so I wouldn't have thought that. But as we see here, Tim Franco is a machine when it comes to James Bond because he crushed this category 12 out of 12 points, just completely demolished it, no problem. I don't even think Stacy actually uh, had to help him. Uh, the first question, he just belted it out, but you could see, like Stacy, I think Stacy probably said, like, you know, we gotta talk, you know, even if you, you know the answer, we gotta at least take a second, and that's always good strategy because you don't want to go off, you don't want to fire too early, you know. Um, so uh, after that first question, they conferred each time, but I'm pretty sure he knew every question off, like j- just on his own. He would have been totally, uh, totally fine. He swept this board. It was it was wild to watch. So then we uh, late to the party goes up uh, and spins 
while doing the We're Not Worthy from Wayne's World, which was awesome, they end up getting James Bond. And so they have they are forced to respin. They almost landed on opponent's choice uh, here because the James Bond slice is right next to it. Um, so they, like I said, they have to spin again. And this is where they get video game movies. I was really pumped. I was like, yeah, sweet. And they chose to stay with it. I mean, hey, I figured maybe they know their video game movies. I don't know. But I was excited to, to see what could come out of it. And I'll be honest, yeah, they did okay. Um, not great. They got 7 out of 12 points, answering 4 out of their 6 possible questions. Uh, they missed 1 and allowed uh, Crimson Fury to get a 2-point steal. Then they, on one of the other one that they missed, they went to multiple choice. And good for them, at least, Crimson Fury was not able to capitalize on a steal there. So it ends the match. It was a little rough for late to the party. Ends the round to 25 to 18. They are down by 7 at the end of round 2. Now, they, like I said, they did decent in their round 2. 7 points, that's pretty good. But when you when your opponent goes perfect, perfect twelve in their round, and gets a two point steal, man, that it's, it's just it's just kind of, it's kind of like spelling out doom for you there, you know. Unfortunately, so we hop into round three. Uh, Robert purposely says the same numbers as uh, Crimson Fury, which is which I was like, what is he doing? And when Christian said that they couldn't have those, he replied, Denied! Which was hilarious. It was one of the best bits uh, during this uh, th- this whole match that they did. Even like I love the We're Not Worthy thing during the spin, but the Denied, well, after doing that, I'm sure that they must have planned this the whole time. That if they had to pick their number second, that if they were behind, had to pick their number second, that they would do that and it makes me wonder if if they had gone first would he have just picked something out of the range you know instead of the 1 through 20 maybe picked like 25 and he'd be like oh you can't pick 25 you had to be 1 through 20 denied because it could have worked either way so uh, but I, yeah I love that it was so it was so funny so clever I dug it um, so late to the party goes on they answer their two point question but unfortunately, this is where it all ends because they are unable to answer their f- three and five. And Crimson Fury wins via TKO 25 to 20. I am bummed that late to the party lost. But, you know, even in a loss, the, these these two are great. Uh, they even gave a great interview. You know, I, I'm happy. I, I hope that like they don't have a, a very good record at this point. But I hope that they are able to stick around, you know, and come back, fight again, you know, maybe build up some wins, something. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I love seeing them. And it was a, like I said, it was a bummer to see them lose, but it's great to see them play anytime they're here. Then we get over to Corruption's interview, and Rob just comes in right on the, right off the top. Uh, he, he, he just crashes the interview, confronts Tim, about you know why he betrayed them and all this stuff, he got nothing out of him. He didn't even bother with Robert. Robert takes off. It's it's like damn man, that's cold. 
you just bail on your former team and just don't even give them a reason. That's cold, man. Cold. But that's that's corruption's way, you know? And that's why Mike is great when it comes to that. Then we get a, an ending scene, and it's Eric Zipper outside, ready to leave. And this is what I was talking about before, so I guess I kind of I, I did kind of spoil that. Um, Paul Yama approaches him, wants to team up. Kaiser walks up, offers to take them on as a manager. Uh, so maybe we'll see a new faction form. You'll have the team of Zipper and Paul Yama. You'll have. Um, Kevin Smets and the Inner Geekdom, and and I guess you could just have Paul Oyama as the singles player, really, because he's doing singles stuff. You know, and you have this little this little mini faction going on. I don't know what they would call themselves, but Kaiser's Kids. Hey, now that's pretty lame. I know. <laughs> uh, they they're the Kaiser Rolls. No, no. Uh, okay. Um. So yeah, uh, interesting. It'd be an interesting team, Zipper and Oyama. Interested to see uh, how how well they go, how well they do, uh, who they'll who they'll be up against first. We'll, we'll kind of we'll have to wait and see. Then we get into match number two: uh, Mark Riley versus Jeff Snyder. This is a great match. Uh, so there's a stipulation on this match. Ro- okay, so as I said before, Roxy has been suspended, and she. Is not allowed. Was not allowed to be at this match, so she was banned from this match because of her suspension. And the stipulation is: if Jeff Snyder loses, she is banned from the Odd Couple Shirewolf title match as well. So, with that in mind, here we go. Uh, the show opens with a promo for Houston and Booker T showing his support. For Andrew Guy. Booker is apparently a guy guy. Or, or as Roxy would put it, a hashtag guy girl. Um, so it's interesting that Booker T is siding with, with uh, Andrew Guy. You know, he, he's the bad guy. He is the bad guy. And you got the five-time champ over here. Uh, backing that horse. I'm just, I'm a little shocked. Uh, but, you know what? It's interesting. And I am so pumped for that Houston show. Uh, it, I believe it's... Yeah, it's this Saturday. You know, it, as we've heard uh, various times on, on I, you know, whether it's um, on the Schmodown or it's on Collider Live, Christian's talked about it. Apparently, once they're in that ring, other than the trivia, it's Booker's rules. So if someone hops up in that ring and smacks a competitor, there are no suspensions happening. If uh, another, if a third tackle takes place, there are no suspensions happening. This is Booker's house, and these are his rules. So what he says goes. And uh, if something happens, it's going to be settled in the ring, literally. So I am pumped to see what happens. If they waste the opportunity to do something inside that ring with all of this, oh, man, I'm going to be bumped. I don't foresee... Christian wasting that opportunity, so I'm really excited to see what he's got in store. Alright, so uh, a little bit before we get into this match, Mark Riley is 10-5 with three knockouts, while Jeff Snyder is 7-5 with two knockouts. So if you're just looking at the stats, like these stats, you know, at their win rate, their KOs, it looks like Mark has the upper hand here. Obviously, you know, 
you never know what'll happen. Um, also, it doesn't take into account anything that ha- you know took place in the team league. Um, Jeff had a stellar team run and is doing very obviously also very well in his current team run, and you know may end up becoming the f- first person to win titles with two different teams. So. Uh, I'm interested to see how that goes. So you can never count count out Jeff. Uh, Jeff comes out first. He comes out with a little dog. I'm assuming it's his dog. I, I don't know. Uh, then Riley out next with Tom and Ben. And his dog, Leia. His new little puppy. Very cute. Couple of cute little little dogs uh, on, on the Schmodown set. So that was really fun. Um, Jeff went on and made a Who Let the Dogs Out reference. Which I'm like, really, dude? That's like... 20 years old or something maybe i maybe older i'm not even sure how old that song is but it's old uh i'm pretty sure i was in like high school when that which means he was in high school because me and jeff snyder are the same age so that's an old reference jeff i don't even make who let the dogs out references anymore so what are you doing here so we get into round one uh it's real it's back and forth these two are fairly fairly even matched when it comes to their knowledge I had a couple of notes about uh, two of the questions. Uh, question number two was, uh, name the two lead actors in The Mirror Has Two Faces. They both said Barbara Streisand, but both got the male lead wrong, saying two different answers, uh, and the answer was Jeff Bridges. I just thought that was really funny that they both got Barbara Streisand, but could not come up with that male uh, lead actor. So, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. It was the first miss, and it, for, and it was the first miss for both of them. So, I just thought it was something interesting to uh, comment on. And then, uh, was question number four was, uh, what character from a 90s animated Disney film repeatedly says the line, do you trust me? And Snyder got this wrong. I don't understand. You know, the answer, of course, was Aladdin. Um, Snyder is the same age as me, so he was a little kid when that movie came out. What, I think it came out in like 92, 93, somewhere, I think, I want to say is 92. And if, and if that's right, we were eight years old. You tell me, that, like, what was his parents doing that this eight-year-old did not see Aladdin? I, I, like, how, how do you not know? I mean, even if he has seen Aladdin, it obviously didn't stick with him. I just, I don't understand how you don't know that line. And with the live action remake coming up, that line is in the trailer. Like, you're, you're, you're a film pundit, and you're telling me that neither the film Aladdin, one of the best, in my opinion, the best Disney animated film of that era... And this new release trailer that's that's been out and about, and you don't remember like you, you, that line didn't stick in your head at all. That's just man, that boggles my mind that he just missed that one. I don't know. It probably shouldn't bother me that much, but it but it kind of did. I don't know why. So they they go on. They end round one tied six to six. Like I said. Uh, they're pretty evenly matched. Neither of them like went above and beyond and, and, and did super stellar. They both did good, but you know didn't go above and beyond seven, eight points, and you know anything like that. No perfect rounds, nothing like that. So we get into round two. 
Riley defers and Jeff spins Clint Eastwood and respins, unfortunately, landing on opponent choice. Uh, him, uh, Riley and Tom defer to each other and decide on giving Jeff comic book movies. Because anybody who's ever watched uh, like movie talk or anything like that when he's on it, you know that he is not a big fan of comic book movies. However, he actually did really well here, getting uh, three out of the four questions correct for six points out of uh, the possible eight. Um, the first question, I was actually a little shocked. Uh, it was the answer was the the Dora Milaje, and he he said he's like I'm not sure if, if I'm pronouncing this right, the Dora Milaje. And they give it to him. They're like, yeah, it's close enough. You know, at an ease. The door melange. Um, but I'm a little shocked that they actually gave it to him. Because it seems like lately they've been kind of like sticklers for the rules on, on a lot of things. So it just kind of shocked me. I, I'm not, I don't think that he shouldn't have gotten it. Like, I agree that with him getting it. Totally, totally agree with it. But uh, I, I was just a little bit shocked that uh that that they gave it to him that was it um so like he said yeah and then he the only one he missed he missed his question three he went multiple choice and wasn't able to get it uh but riley got a uh got it for a steal in there for one extra point for himself that ended that part of the round uh seven to twelve so he's up at this point by five points uh and riley has to get in there and do his thing he spins spinners choice so we got a game where both opponents and spinners doesn't happen that often i'm sure frank janish from the uh, schmodown rundown could could give you a better stat uh an actual an actual stat i should say uh on how many times that's happened but it's uh it's always interesting when it does um so he gets spinners choice like i said and chooses his strength scores and soundtracks and this like so i'll be honest Yes, this is one of his strengths, but there have been instances where it did not work out in his favor, um, and sometimes it happens. You know, you, you you see Clark Wolf get choose horror, and uh, it doesn't go her way. It's it you know sometimes the questions just don't go their way, but this one it shocked me um, by how different I should say the questions were. A lot of times it's you know who composed the score for this movie, who comp- you know what. Uh, film had these three songs in it you know kind of questions like that but you know you got different types of questions like name the character that sang this song in this movie and i, I thought that was a fascinating way to have a score a different type of scores and soundtracks questions so i, I like that um riley actually went on to hit all four of these questions proving that he you know he is great in this category um, but he only wound up with six points. He did have to go to multiple choice twice, so he didn't. Uh, he didn't like run away with the category. He he answered all the questions, but he didn't like clear out the points. Um, so he 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 got the six points on the last question. I have a feeling he pulled a Ben Bateman move and where he's kind of like running the clock uh, and just hesitating and not you know not giving away any facial uh, uh, ticks or anything like that and just right at the last second answers and i don't particularly like that if that's what he's doing it annoys the piss out of me when ben bateman does it and 
I don't want that to be something that he picks up. I don't I don't like it. And it's like that's kind of a dickish heel move to do. And I don't want Riley going going that route. Just you know, that the whole thing is I I have a feeling that Bate, Bateman isn't really a face and that he's rubbing off on Riley and I just have a feeling bad things are gonna happen. I don't I don't know. You keep seeing little signs, but uh who knows. So we end round two, 13 to 12. Real close. Is that, you know, a one point lead for Riley? We go into round three, and just like every other round that we have had, they go back and forth, back and forth. They both get their twos, they both get their threes. Jeff goes, he gets his five, and I'll be honest. Even though in the in the exit interview he claimed that he did not do this, uh, he claims that he pulled the answer out of his ass. I don't know, man. I feel like he may have been slow playing the fuck out of this answer. And if he was slow playing this, it, I gotta say, it was probably the best I've ever seen anybody do it. I was just saying that it annoys the piss out of me when Bateman does it. If that's what he, if that's what Snyder was doing here. Oh man, he he's the king, cause it was it was perfect, and it seemed it seemed like that. Like when he answered the question, he he did it right at the end. Like he used up his his JTE rules, got the answer out at the end, and I I I don't know, man. It, he he didn't seem surprised. So part of me thinks that uh, he knew knew it the whole time and was just messing around, but. If 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 that's the case, bravo. And if not, also, bravo for pulling that out of your ass. Uh, so then we go over to Mark Riley for his five-point question. And it's all down to this. It's the last question of the game. Uh, it, you know He's down four points, so he needs this to win. And unfortunately, he's unable to pull out the answer. And Jeff Snyder wins the match 18-22. Four points. Boom, he wins, and now that means Roxy is able to go to the uh, uh, Odd Couple Shire Wolves match, the t- the t- the title match. She's not going to be suspended for that extra month, and will be and, and and will be allowed to be there with her team, uh, working with them and rooting them on uh, to a, to a title win, so or possible title win. I I don't know. I'm torn because like I really like. The Odd Couple. I really dig it. But I love the Shire Wolves. So I'm really torn about who I want to win this match. Either way, it is going to be a fantastic match no matter what. So this match is a a perfect example uh, as to why Jeff Snyder should never be overlooked. Um, You know, he's he's got the goods, man. He he really does. Um, We look at the, the team of who's the boss... And it makes me wonder, you know, this is kind of the way they're talking during their interview. I, I, I'm curious if it'll have, if this loss, you know, and it wasn't Ben's loss, it was Mark's loss. But it makes me wonder if this loss will have any sort of performance issue on Ben when it comes to Houston. Because it was his teammate, you know, his team essentially lost. And, and I feel like someone who's as dedicated uh, to the game as Ben is will we'll take those types of losses hard as well. 
So I'm, I'm curious. I hope not. I hope he's able to perform at his highest because that's what I want. I want to see the two. I want to see Ben Bateman and Andrew Guy fighting at top shape and just duking it out all the way to that last question. That's what I want to see. Maybe go to freaking sudden death. It would be. I, I would love that. So, uh, so we get an ending scene. Uh, Rachel's in the back. Mark and Draco comes up and they reminisce a little bit and talk about their upcoming upcoming match. You know, and then Rachel says, "You're not gonna win. Sorry, it's not your time yet. I'll be happy when it is your time, but it's not gonna be against us." And, and it was very cordial. You know, it was like they're both serious, but neither of them were really talking talking smack or being you know heelish because neither of them are. And they were friends. They were stablemates. You know, so it, it was nice. So I, I'm I'm interested to see. I, I'm I, I can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic match. So that wraps up this episode of Talking Schmodown, man. They had a couple of fantastic matches. Uh, let me know what out of these two matches, the the tag team match between Crimson Fury and Late to the Party, and the singles match between Mark Riley and Jeff Snyder, what was your favorite? Hop on to Twitter, hashtag Talking Schmodown, and let me know which match did you like the best from this week. So, uh, yeah, do that, please. Uh, next week's show, uh, I will be covering the Kevin Smets versus Hector Navarro in her geekdom match. Then there's a, a to-be-determined uh, singles match. I didn't see it anywhere. It wasn't on the schedule, um, and I didn't see it posted anywhere. I may have missed it somewhere, so I'm not honestly even sure what the Friday match is. So, man, it'll be a little bit of a surprise, I guess. Um, so we'll we'll get those matches We'll also be talking about the uh, Inside Schmodown with Andrew Guy. Uh, it's leading up to the Houston show that's this Saturday where he's facing off against Ben Bateman. So uh, I'm sure that'll be a great uh, a great match. I'm sure he's got a whole lot to say about that. Uh, so, yeah, I- I'm excited to uh, get through everything from this, this week that we're in and talk about that next week. Uh I'm gonna try. I really. I'm gonna try to um, get back on track. I know I've been a little bit off the last few weeks, getting things out a little bit late. I have a whole lot of stuff going on, but I'm gonna try my hardest to get back to uh, my original air dates, which were Mondays. You know, just get everything watched and, and record on Mondays and get that posted for you guys, so that it's up as soon as possible. So thank you so much for sticking with me through all of this. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got any questions or comments, just hop on social media. Like I said, I'm on Facebook and on YouTube at uh, Merc with a Movie Blog. And I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. I do a lot, I, I'm on Twitter a lot because uh, I've been trying to get a bigger presence there. So head over there, like uh, my page, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast feed. It really helped me out. Do you know rate and review? Um, the Merc with a Movie Blog podcast uh, network is on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Spotify. It's on all those major uh, stations or all, all those major platforms. So please, please, please head over there, uh, subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with your fellow Schmodown uh, friends and fans. 
it's something that I really think we should all just have a community about talking. Yes, yes, I I understand there is like that Facebook group, but you know you want to hear other people's opinions. So hey, start your own podcast. Why not? But uh, you know, share this one and let's get some conversations going about about the all the things that I talk about on here. I cover a lot. I try to cover as much as I possibly can with the news and with the inside schmodown. I want to get everything. You know, and I listen to a whole lot of, of Christian, a whole lot of Collider stuff in general. And uh, so I like to get the little tidbits from here and there and kind of inject them into this show. So let me know how I'm doing. You know, we're 18 episodes in, still going strong. I, I, I'm really excited about it. So, uh, yeah, hop onto the social media and let me know. I, again, am Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking schmodown.